What up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop with the Franchise and Biko. It is a podcast on all things pop culture. I am your host, the Franchise, and always joining me, my co-host, my brother from the same mother, Biko. Okay. Uh, hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving weekend. Um, as long as it is, um, right now we're in <laughs> December. <laughs> Bless you. Let us know this podcast is actually sponsored by Anchor. Basically, Anchor is the tool. They'll give you all the creation tools and help distribute your podcast. Also, help you monetize your podcast and distribute on our many platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And it's also, guess what, guys? It's actually free. So check it out. Anchor.fm. And now back to the chase. Um, as you know, Marvel Studios just released uh, the first teaser trailer for Black Widow. I got a chance to go see it. A chance to see it this morning. Um, as I was going scrolling to like social media. So they just released the first teaser. Of course, it won't be out till next year. And pretty much will be Scarlett Johansson's last entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Before her character gets retired. And by looking at the... It is it's pretty much it's um, Natasha rolling up. Pretty much um, fight against her past. Pretty much in the program that, you know, she wasn't... Like, you know, we saw a little bit of the flashbacks in Age of Ultron. Uh, she was in that program in Russia. So she was first in a Russian agent program. And eventually, you know, she ends up defecting from Russia and ends up working with S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's like she wants to finish some unfinished business. And she runs in. I mean, they show, like, screenshots of the people that she's fighting against or joining. Um, you see a little clip, a little cameo from uh, Hawkeye. So Noah's showing this is a flashback or he's going to make an appearance in it. I know they're teaching that Robert Dinger's have a cameo. In Black Widow, then you saw we see a little glimpse of David Harbour, who was a comrade of Black Widow. He's the Red Guardian, so we get to see him for a little bit. And of course, um, Florence Pugh, who plays um, um, pretty much Jella Bellanova, who's also was in the same program as Natasha. So, we, like I said, it's basically you know, and we get to see a little bit of Taskmaster, ta- Taskmaster. So we get to see a little bit of him in the trailer as well. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Um, like I said, it's about time you know they decide to have a you know, to me, it's like, it's great to see, you know, a female hero get her own solo film. Because you see, like, Thor and Iron Man, Captain America, they all had their solo outings. But it's good to see, you know, Black Widow, you know, the character getting her own film. And, of course, you know, it kind of opens the moment because now with Captain Marvel, with Miss Marvel being that's a TV series on Disney+, Plus, and with She-Hulk, you know, this has come, to me, I see it more like, you know, the starting point. Or something, you know, that's going to start in the next cinematic universe. Something to kick off the cinematic universe in general. I don't know if you've seen it, Beacon. I don't know if you've seen the trailer yet. I know it just got released no, today. No, I'm not going to watch it. But, uh, I, don't, I really don't even know if I want to watch the movie. Because I don't know if it's necessary at this time. Um, I mean, it is really, I guess, just to introduce the more origin of the Black Widow than we already know. But um, as for trailer, I'm probably not going to watch the trailer. Just not interested in seeing how it's going to be. I'd rather just watch it, surprisingly. Uh, if it comes out in theater, yeah, we'll watch it, but if not, I'll export those movies that I think I'll wait for on Netflix, only because, not to bash the character or anything, I just, I, I don't know. It's kind of like, why are they only barely doing her origin movie now? She's been around kind of the longest. So it's just like kind of sad to see her kind of taking a back burner. Um, I'm sorry, honestly, I wish they would have given her a show, maybe I think it would have been pretty cool to see her go on, a, like, an alias type of, um, character, in the sense that she goes on rogue missions, because it shows her spy days, and, or she does things with Hawkeye, or whatever the case may be, but I think it would have been better serving, instead of just doing an origin movie, just say she did it, because she's, the character died, so I think the last thing people remember and you do an origin, it's like, uh, it's like getting another Batman and it, it falling short. It's just like, bro. I think it's like, I think the way that this film is, it's probably to show why, did she, you know, why she decided to make the sacrifice. To me, that's why, because if you think about it, it was like, when both she and Clint went to go after the Soul Stone, and of course, the, the only way to obtain the Soul Stone was to give a life. Achieve it, you know, people were surprised, probably shell-shocked that she decided to, you know, give herself up, you know, because she didn't have a family or anything like that, but it's just like, you know, Clint was willing to sacrifice himself, cause, you know, because he lost his family during the, during the whole snap, and, you know, people are like, oh, wow, Natasha decided to sacrifice herself. So I think this film kind of, you know, to me, is going to answer some of those questions, why she decided to sacrifice herself in, 
in Endgame, you know, why she did it, why she did it. But like I said, it's another way too to explore like her past. Because like I said, we only got a glimpse of it in Age of Ultron. I mean, I haven't read the comics by of you know her role in the comics as well as well. I have not read it. I only know a very few of from you know playing the video games, you know, and watching the animated series she was featured in, but I never actually got into the character as well, like not too deep, so I mean, I'm gonna go see it. I'm planning to see it just to see how you know how it's portrayed, and you know, like I said, it's the last outing for Scarlett Johansson as the character itself. It's like almost like her retirement from the MCU universe. Um, like I said, it comes out next year, so that was kind of cool that Marvel decided to release it today. Uh, other than that, um, of course, hope you guys took care of Black Friday shopping and <laughs> Cyber Monday. Um, to me, I didn't see much of a. Big thing, I mean, I was going through, like, Amazon stuff. I didn't see that much to me that was stand out with the Black Friday deals. Apparently, according to the reports, I guess the Nintendo Switch was, like, the still the hot ticket item for Black Friday when it comes to, like, video game console sales. I mean, there was, like, like going to, like, I went to, like, Target the other day and just to see what they had left over. It wasn't that much. They had left over the Black Friday sales. Um, they are still, like, cleaning stuff up and everything and... Um, I've been nowadays now it's like a lot of retailers and last stores to try to push more stuff online than like in store. I mean, yeah, you had like companies like Walmart, you know, they had the ad campaign for Black Friday and also for Thanksgiving as well. They were showing, you know, ticket items that they have features just to get the people's attention. But normally the time people would just go online and they can't find the item there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, it's like to the point, it's like, you know... I mean, it's been like, you know, I remember our tales of Black Friday's where our mom, and it's like, back then, you know, online shopping was still new. It was it was in the infant state. I remember the days before that where we had to wake up so early in the morning on Black Friday to go where our mom, she would drag us out of bed and say, hey, let's go to the store, like the Walmart, like at four or five o'clock in the morning just to get a certain item that, you know, yeah. they had to have it. They were going to have it for a limited time, but it was like horrible. Like people like, and believe me, I used to work in retail for like 12 years and I experienced like those moments, those black fight moments. And I, you know, I seen stuff. It's like, something out of a movie. You know, someone, I'm surprised no one has ever made a movie uh, Black Friday shopping, but I'd seen like, you know, you see all the viral videos and, you know, people do viral videos. And I've seen the one, some, someone did a viral video of, you know, people stampeding using Jim Ross commentary from the WWE. Or saw this one thing on Reddit where it showed, like, Black Friday in Canada. And people, as soon as they open the doors, they're just walking in patiently, you know, shaking hands. Like, giving high fives to the staff and everything. And it is what it is. It's like, I don't know, to me, it's like it's starting to get to that point that it's not really much of a big deal that much anymore. Yeah, for real. I think it's just people gotten used to changing their, hopefully changing their fucking shopping habits. Um, I'm hoping that more people come around to the fact that you can just save people the hassle and shop online. Even though I know there's people who do fulfillment sellers that have to fucking work their ass off getting through all this these high-paced orders. Shout out to Amazon for running the people like dogs. But these are holidays that we also feed into this shit, so I can't help but not sympathize and try to understand that when we order online, that's what happens. They push people to work. It's also a little bit sword for how much they push the people. But Black Friday, I feel like if you're going for certain items, it helps. Like bigger ticket items, right? Like if you want yeah. a new TV. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, if you're, yeah, if, I'll say, yeah, if you're real, if you're willing to go and upgrade to a TV, you know, get that 4K. I, okay, I can see that more of a thing. Um, like I said, for real game consoles, like I mean, they're pushing the Switch a lot too, and and you know, and they had like the holiday bundles also as well. But it's like so much you can discount those things, and they just give you like a gift card. Or something yeah. like that. Um, I think the only thing I got, um, I ended up getting uh, off of Amazon. I ended up getting like a uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, the collection, the Blu-ray collection. They released it last year on Blu-ray. Um, they got it added for twenty bucks, and it's like regular like fifty something. It's Blu-ray. 
I got it for 20 bucks. They had it all for that weekend. I'm like, shoot, I got that. And I ended up getting the Legend of Korra as well, but I got that one at Target. It was on sale also as well. I got it for like 32. Can I Hmm? Oh, my bad. I'm, trying, I'm feeling out of shit. If I submit taxes, I would put this address. Not this address, but the other address. Uh, Sorry, guys. These Beagle's like doing like applications and government, government stuff, so. Everything about you. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, so. Sorry, guys. Yeah, and plus, dude, just guys, heads up. Um, we're actually we're recording at our folks' house. So we came to see the folks, you know. You know, we spent look since we, like, I work at a, I work like in a warehouse and Beco work Beco works like in retail so it's like we all had a like we had a visit of folks last Wednesday for like Thanksgiving we had to do a Thanksgiving early and um you know we decided hey let's go up and see them again just uh, because they need need help and stuff and it's like it's been a long time since we recorded at our folks because this is how the beginnings of the podcast was we recorded in my bedroom actually and now we're recording like in their den right now and we you know um. Like I said, there's a lot of things too. A lot of things too. Um, if I didn't realize today too, um, PlayStation. You know, the PlayStation came out 25 years ago today in Japan, oh, in 1994. Yeah. So they're celebrating their 25 years of play. So props to Sony for the system itself. Um, you know, we didn't get it to like a few, like six months later, in the U.S. But yeah, it's been around. That PlayStation has been around for 25 years, like the original PlayStation. You know, and we had the PS One. I know that. I mean, a few good games in that system. Um, because like I said, it was like Sony's, you know, foray into the video game market because after their failed partnership with Nintendo over the Nintendo PlayStation, because they were first going to do a collaborative system with Nintendo. It was supposed to be a combination of SNES and disc system called the Nintendo PlayStation. And of course, they had a falling out and of course, Sony decided to take their design and their work into the CD-ROM market and came out their own system and hired developers. And look what happened today. Now we're at PS4 and of course, um, next holiday season, we're going to... Welcome to PS5. Um, and our two, um, if you guys are a fan of Persona, the Persona series like I am, um, Atlas, Sega Atlas just announced today, they show the first trailer for the release date in the West for, for Persona 5 Royale. It's going to be on uh, March 31st of next year. I'm looking forward to it. I played Persona 5, but I can't wait for, for Persona 5 Royale because it adds more, uh, adds more story to the Phantom Thieves, uh, more gameplay um levels um actually there's a thing we can actually customize your core your headquarters so that's kind of cool and i mean the persona series is really good um if you're a fan of it all turn-based rpg you know it was started by atlas and it's been going out for so many years it's like a dungeon crawler almost um they announced a special edition pack that's supposed to be like 89.99 but you get like the actual mask of the character joker comes with a mask in the stand and an art book and it comes in a sealed bookcase so it's kind of cool it's i think they're, they're already starting to take like pre-orders online um i think of course um another video game on use as well like i guess sony has confirmed they're not making another handheld console what yeah this is from uh this is coming from comic.com they reported it says um uh, even though the P- according to this uh game informer this is from comic.com but they got it from their source from game informer i guess um PlayStation boss Jim Ryan said he's confirmed that Sony isn't interested in making another portable PlayStation console. I guess it's not simply the business it's in anymore. That he sees that it was one of the few people who bought the... He was like... That he was one of the few hundred people who thought the PlayStation video was brilliant. So it looks like, guys, if you still have the PlayStation video, I'll props to you. Um, but it looks like it's not gonna... They're not gonna... I mean, the Switch to me is kind of like dominating the market right now. And of course, Nintendo was pushing the the Switch Lite, but like the last weekend during Black Friday, they were giving like something with it. Um, I think right now they want to focus more on the, on the console and the VR. That's what they're trying to work more towards. And like you know, I never played the PlayStation Vita or the PSP, so I'm not. To me, uh, when it came to portable gaming, I was like pretty much more like I I had the Game Boy, I had the Game Boy Color and the original Game Boy, but a lot of times I was even playing on my phone. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense. So, but that, that's why the Nintendo decided to do with the Switch, you know, have both things. But the world. And of course, the Switch Lite came out this year and they made a second generation Nintendo Switch with a better battery. And then with the Switch Lite, it makes sense for the people who want that portable feeling. So, I think that's why they came out with the Switch Lite and it comes out different colors. It's $100 less than the regular Nintendo Switch. And like I said, it's like you're going to bust in both worlds if you had the regular Nintendo Switch. But if you want, like, you know, like I said, if you're one of those people that. Play where you're on the go or on the move. Then the Nintendo Switch Lite's like the best way to go with. You know, it's something to go with. Um, um, other than that, um, let me see if I can pull up any other video game use here. 
I mean, there's a lot of things, like I saw, those are like the two big things that I saw that they announced today. Um, trying to see what else they got here. Uh, hmm. Oh, it looks like Churches is going to play the Death Stranding song at the Game Awards. So oh, that's yeah, another so game I need to save up and get. Hopefully it goes on sale soon. Death Stranded by Hideo Kojima, who was the creator of American Solid series and Silent Hill. Um, of course, that's the game that stars like Nomaritas, Lindsay Sado, and Mads Mikkelsen is in it as well. Um, I guess they're just playing the, the song for the game. And, you know, I guess they got the awards coming out soon. Um, of course, um, talk about, like, you know, products and stuff right now. Looks like... Uh, Disney announced uh, the, the products for the child, also known as Baby Yoda. I had, they, they just announced a, a, a plush, a plush doll has been announced for Baby Yoda. Um, and also Funko has released the first looks at the, the vinyl, pop vinyl as well. So, I mean, they, ever since he made his first appearance, people are going crazy over Baby Yoda. He's just known simply in the show as the child. So... I mean, it's some one of those things that just blew up automatically, and of course, um, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker is coming out in a few weeks. It comes out the twentieth. I can't wait for that film. Basically, it's the end of the basically of the Skywalker saga. Basically, it's the last time we get to see you know pretty much the original cast or what's left of them. But horse baby Yoda. <laughs> That's the one thing that blows up is the baby Yoda man. It's like they had shirt, very few shirts, but they just announced a plush. Today and also they announced like Funko released the first shot of the the pop five they're releasing. Um, of course, I you know Saturday Monday was yesterday. They had a lot of things as well. Um, like I said, um, other than that, I mean, let me see. If there's any other news? Um, did you see anything interesting on Reddit, Beagle? Talking about weird ass memes. Um, right now I haven't. Saw something about like fifth graders or. 15-year-olds are testing terrible in math and reading comprehension. Hmm. And that, something about that we sent, we have spent millions into our system. I saw it somewhere. Something about, like, 15-year-olds being dumber than (laughs) usual because they can't read or do math. And it's setting our country back, and we're supposed to, we spent millions of dollars to quote unquote. Oh, here we go. It just isn't working. It's an article. Oh, there's a soft paywall, really. There's an article in the New York Times that says an international exam shows that American 15 year olds are stagnant in reading and math, even though the country has spent billions to close the gaps with the rest of the world. What? Really? 15 year olds are stupid. They can't read. I think it. I don't and know. It's test scores, PISA scores. Wow. Performance of American teenagers in reading and math has been stagnant since 2000, according to the latest results of the rigorous international exam, PISA. Despite a decades-long effort to raise standards and help students compete with peers across the globe, the achievement gap in reading is between high and low performers is widening. Although the top quarter of American students have improved their performance on the exam since 2012. The bottom 10th percentile has lost ground, according to analysis by the National Center for Education Statistics, a federal agency. Uh, Disappointing results from the exam from the program of the International Student Assessment, assessment, also known as PISA, were announced on Tuesday and shows that the American test had results that two-thirds of children were not proficient readers. Hmm. So overall, the American 15-year-olds who took the test scored slightly above from peer nations in reading but below in the middle of the pack of ma- in math. So we're, we're above in reading but below in math when it comes to 15 year olds. Alright. I mean... What is it? It's low performing students. I, no child's left behind. They're blaming certain things and centralized testing. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, to me, it's like... We gotta know it's, it's bullshit here yeah. in this country. They don't care. I mean, math hasn't been, to me, when I go to school, math hasn't been, like, a favorite subject of mine. It's, like, there's very few times that we're actually going to have to use um, algebra in the real world. Very less times, yeah. unless you're a teacher. That's yeah. the only time you're ever going to show it. I mean, more times you're just doing basic math, like adding and subtracting. That's the only thing. Or so dividing. Serve you all, guys. Depending on certain skills. But it's, like, yeah, you still need to have math. But it's, like, to me, for, like, when it comes to, like, algebra, trigonometry, that's only if you're going to be, like, you know... It probably is useful when you're doing chemistry or other sciences and stuff. 
But when it comes to like actual employment, you know, it depends on the job that you're you're applying to or those skills that are required. Yeah, there are certain skills that you require when it comes to like computer work or IT work. Um, and there's some, like I said, there's some basic math. So they have, I mean, to tell me wrong, math's not a strong subject, but it's really necessary to have math in your life, especially when it comes to finances and stuff. Um, um, other than that, um, pretty much, uh, I know people have been like, I've been looking right now, the whole saga of the whole Schneider cut of the Justice League movie. A lot of people are saying that it's not, or there's no cut. They don't even know the, according to this, um, Henry Cavill, who played Superman, and of course in the, the, the Schneider run of the DC Cinematic Universe. He even says, I guess, right now he's doing like the press tour right now for the Witcher series that's supposed to come out this month on Netflix. He doesn't, he's like, this is an interview that he said, um, pretty much Cable said, um, I have not seen any Schneider cut. I don't know if there's anything that exists that is a Schneider cut. I'm, I'm sure there's footage out there which has probably been pieced together over the years. I'm always interested to see how this stuff turns out, but that's a better chapter in my past. I'd better talk about what's going to happen in the future. The future of Superman, how I can express the character from the comic books, which ties nicely to the Man of Steel. I really like that movie. I like to be able to tell the story where it was left off at that point. Because, I mean, there's been, like, you know, pushes that, you know, there's a Schneider cut or... Supposedly, like Jason Momoa, who played Aquaman, said he has seen this. I mean, this thing he has seen the Snyder cut. So, like, like you know, Gal Gadot and Ben Affleck have been like, you know, requesting Warner Brothers pictures, like Warner Media, to release the cut. I mean, like I said, I don't even know this. I did not see the Justice League cut with the reshots by Josh Whedon. You know, it kind of like after like Batman vs Superman, I was like turn off. I mean, I saw Wonder Woman, and that actually was a really good film. I have not seen Aquaman, um, and of course, we got Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four coming out. Sometime next year as well as another movie that's coming out next well, but honestly, it's like I don't know. Like I, like I said, I've not seen Justice League. I can't really give my opinion if there is a Schneider cut for that film. I can't really say on that subject as well. <laughs> um, of course, you know this month also is the beginning of if you're following the DC Cinematic uh, DC Television Universe. Of course, in a few weeks, I'm going to get to see the Crisis on Infinite Earths um, storyline to start. It's going to start with Supergirl. And it's going to spread out throughout this month, and I guess it comes back like in January. So it's going to, they're actually going to adapt, and they got pretty much anyone who's anyone in the DC television universe. Um, they're actually going to have Kevin Conroy um, make his debut as Batman. Ooh. Because, of course, he did the voice of Batman in Batman Amy series, but it's the first time he's to do a live action portrayal of Batman. Um, and Brian Roth is going to play not only the Atom. On Legends Tomorrow, but he's going to do another role as Kingdom Come Superman from the Alex Ross run of um, Superman. So, get to wait for that as well. I mean, they got Tom Welling from Smallville making an appearance. So, they're trying to pull as much as they can from the the television universe, which is, to me is kind of cool. It's like, it's like I'm looking forward to that because I pretty much watched the DC TV universe more. Was they're able to do so much without like a movie style budget? Because when it comes to, like, television shows and film, you know, our budgets are, like, totally different when it comes to, like, visuals and everything. They go into, like, so much. Um, it's like, uh, they just released a photo of Kevin Cameron in the, in the suit. In the suit right now. And, like I said, and then I saw The Mandalorian. Less, uh, did you see the last episode so far, Mandalorian? Yeah, I did. I saw so what did you think of that one? It was, was, uh, was alright. Uh, I, th- from the... A story standpoint, it's fine. It's pretty typical. I mean, the whole Nina's fellow striving around the run, and it's that goes fine. I don't mind the whole fantasy feeling type of village protection attack from the ATT. I think it was pretty cool how they made it seem like it was a menacing monster, kind of giant esque. <laughs> it definitely felt like more fantasy than anything in the Star Wars universe, but that was fine. Um, the actress who played her... Uh, oh, Gina Carano, yeah. yeah that was cool. I, I don't mind her seeing her thing and, and, and I mean, stuff. I don't mind her seeing her and stuff. It's cool that she's still given opportunities to act. Now she doesn't really do MMA for years now, but it's cool that she's still going into movies and shit, she's in Star Wars. That's pretty cool. Uh, however, my gripe with the episode is more or less how it was shot and filmed. It felt very... Like, they really cut back on the budget on the filming of this episode. 
Um, and like because it wasn't that much, it was more like shots. But like when they're in the rest. Oh yeah, of the, the, there was something there was that a lot, the green screen really peeled through, and it felt very weird how they focused in on them sitting down. But it's just like they try to give that feel like you were sitting there with them, but like it felt like I was also that I was wearing 3D glasses without wearing wearing them. But the mm-hmm. the background, the way it was moving, it also felt very green screenish. Like, it didn't even feel like you're in an actual set like they usually do. It just felt very, very green screen. And then I think to me, too, was kind of... It showed, too, like... It was like a departure, you know, of Star Wars, like, the setting. Because it was like, you know, when you think of Star Wars, think of, you know, spaceships flying around, future... And, oh, there's another planet that's actually there in a primitive farm-raising village. Which was kind of like a departure, you know, yeah, like I said. Yeah, attacked by these, like, dog-looking orcs. It's so weird. These aliens-like creatures. So but, weird. um, yeah, it was like a little departure. You know, of course, you know, Mando and, you know, the child on the run. They're trying to hide out for my team because, of course, he's being hunted, you know, by the guild members. Yeah. Because they're tracking him down because of what he went against the guild. Um, no, you too, a lot of people are like, uh... Uh, I guess somebody, or I guess there's a lot of thing I don't know, post on Reddit that I guess uh, in one shot you can see a little bit of the boom mic was left in the in the shot. It was kind of like similar to what happened at the Game of Thrones last year with the coffee cup, with yeah. the Starbucks cup that was left in there during um, post production. Uh, I guess there was like a boom mic or something like a piece like the boom mic was showing one of the scenes. I thought that was almost by. It was like to me it was like a little departure, you know. It was, and of course you got to hear like Mando's um, pretty much his. Uh, you know, they had, like, the lady that he was, like, talking to, like, she asked him, you know, why you want to take your helmet off? Yeah. And I guess it's in the code of the Mandalorian that you can take your helmet off to eat, but when nobody else is around. Because once you take off your helmet and your face is exposed, you can never put it back on. It's kind of like almost a disgrace. It's kind of like, to me, it's more like, it's, it's like similar to the Lucha Libre, like the Lucha Libre wrestling. Um, the mass wrestlers, like, you know, you can you can only, like, you have to, have, when you're in public, you have to always have your mask on. Like, your identity has to be kept a secret. It's like, you know, it reminds me of El Santo. Like, the only people that actually got to see his face was, like, his family. But whenever he was in public or doing, like, PR and stuff, he always wore his mask to the point he was even buried with his mask on during his funeral as well. So it's kind of like similar to that code, but it kind of, he talks about a little bit, you know. And, you know, it's funny when you see that one shot when he's watching the baby, like, the baby, the child, you know, playing with the kids. And, you know, he takes his helmet off, he's eating, so... You know, you got to see, that's the only time you get to see him take off his helmet, but we probably will see his face. Like I said, it's due to the fact of the, the way of the man, the Mandalores, you know, it's like, like I said, it's like a, it's like the culture, it's like the custom that they have to keep the helmet on. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's an interesting episode. I mean, I don't think it, it was also weird is that he was always being not as protective of Yoda as he was in the past. He just, like a child, yeah. Around. For being even being with a, in a random village, he does. He seems to be more trusting to the ex-soldier he just met at a bar than he would be to a whole village of people that he did he help you? Did he happen to come across really? But like, it was. We should. They show some sort of um, disconnection with him not being belonging to a village. So it's cool. We see more internal conflict with him and getting more of a. Uh, more of a build-up of his character and seeing his past. That's fine. It's just like everything felt very cheesy in a sense, but I'm, as far as pacing to the story, I think it's one of those, like, it felt like one of those filler episodes um, that has that's usually what happens in normal shows to me. Like, it's it's going to be an episode that I'll probably easily forget because nothing really major happens in this episode. Yeah, I think it's like, a lot, like I said, it was more of a change of pace. It's like a side story, yeah. Like, a side story within the main, using the main characters, technically. Yeah. At this, at this point. At Just story. to dwell deep into, like, the, yeah, like, into like, his, like, yeah. uh, like, a little dig in his past, but it's like a little bit, you know, why is he like that, you know? But at the same time, like I said, like seeing, you know, this village, you know, another planet, seeing that a lot of villages are not as, you know, developed develop as, you know, you think. Being, you know, this is like a space epic. So it's like, like I said, it's a different chain. And I just realized Bryce Dallas Howard, actually, she directed this yeah, episode. So it was kind of props to her, you know, for directing the episode. That was kind of cool. Um, it's kind of cool how he brings on these different directors for these different episodes. And it's kind of like, yeah, giving them all a shot. So 
But I don't know, it's enjoyable. Like definitely check out the Mandalorian on Disney Plus. And of course, um, they did announce. I guess Disney Plus announced that they're gonna get the Last Jedi on the twenty sixth of December. So we get to see that after uh, Christmas. Yeah, but their their Netflix expires this year. Right, but it's gonna once it expires, it's gonna go on Disney Plus because oh. you're getting a lot of their stuff because the licenses expire. Right, they're gonna get back under service, so they they show like a listing of what's coming up, and I guess um they're gonna show like the for the seventh episode, of The Mandalorian. They're gonna show like a first sneak peek of Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. and they're gonna actually gonna release it on the eighteenth, like the seventh episode. So. Oh really? They're gonna release it on Wednesday according to Disney Plus, according to their wow. Twitter page. They're gonna they got the Twitter feed, they're gonna release it two days because you know how everything kept coming out like on Friday and stuff. The new with the shows. Um and they decided to do that and they're gonna release like a special look at the Rise of Skywalker, which comes out the twentieth of this year. Uh of this month. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um like I said, besides that, um uh pretty much, you know, a lot of things going on, you know, not just video games, movies as well. Um, like another announcement, if you're... I've been playing this um, game series called Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel. I've been playing this video game series. It's by um, Falcom. You know, if you've ever played Legends of the Her- uh, Legend of Heroes series on PSP or PSV, you're pretty more familiar. It's like your typical JRPG. Um, they had the first two games on PS4. They originally were like on PSP and PlayStation 3. But I got, they decided to release them here in the West on... PlayStation 4, and not that long ago to release the third game, which I'm playing right now. It kind of sucked, to, I'm still playing it right now. The only thing I found downside to is um, all the stuff you did in the first two games does not carry over to part three. So it was like a fresh start. And they just announced today that Tears of Cold Steel 3 is also going to be available on Nintendo Switch next year, which is kind of weird because it's like, how come, you know, they're getting the third game on the Switch versus not getting the first two games? Which to me is kind of odd. They're going to start with the 3. The people on the Switch have to start with 3. But this game's only available right now, only on PS4 and PC right now. What? Yeah, you can't get it on Xbox or anything like that. So, <laughs> sorry for your Xbox guys. Um, other than that, I mean, so far, like, this been I've been, like, jumping around when it comes to anime and stuff. I've been jumping around. I just saw the latest episode of My Hero Academia, where they're, like, finally making their move. They're going to make the move on the, on the um, Yakuza, the Hesekai. Cause I already read the the arc, and, and believe me, I can't wait for when it's animated in the next episodes, few weeks. Um, bit too much, a lot, a lot of things like hasn't been announced too much in the anime world. But apparently, it looks like um, they're gonna just G Kids releases Studio Ghibli films digitally on December seventeenth. So it looks like um, looks like here G Kids announced on Monday. This is a press release that. All 21 will, will release 21 Studio Ghibli films for digital download to own in the U.S. and Canada on December 17th on digital transaction platforms including Apple, Amazon, Video on Demand, Vudu, Google Play, Sony, Microsoft, and Fandangle Now. The films will be available in English and in Japanese when the subtitles. Those mark the first time the films will be available for digital transaction. The films include basically the 21 films they're known for. Because those films, yeah, you can't find those streaming anywhere. You you go calling God in physical copies, and of course, you know they did announce a deal that with HBO Max that next year they're gonna you'll be able to stream all the films. And there's some films I do want to get <laughs> that I have not gotten. I need to get the Sigourney Varietti. Um, there's a lot of good films that they've done. It's not like you know the Cat Returns is another one. Um, Pom Poke is a good one as well. Um, um, I can't wait for the one. Wind Rises is the, the, the latest Miyazaki film that I have not seen yet, even though I have it. Like, I have all his directed films, but there's some that I have not seen for a long time, and those films really do hold up. I mean, they get really incredible voice actors, like, usually Hollywood-style actors do the voice work for it. I mean, what was it, like, a few months ago, like, was it in January, that day we were all, like, um, snowed in. <laughs> we see kept in due to the, the frigid temperatures. We had watching Castle, uh, Howl's Moving Castle. It was like Christian Bale and Cloris Leachman. It was like an interesting film. And it was a really good film. I mean, because I know you're not much of an anime guy, so I know you actually enjoyed this. So. Yeah, it was, I thought it was a good movie. It was an interesting film. I think it was, pacing was good compared to Lord of the Rings because we, we saw all, we saw it was Fellowship, so... That was definitely different, but still within like the fantasy lore. But I liked it; it was very enjoyable. Uh, and then we, what else? We saw your name. 
Your name is a good film, yeah. I just Yeah, like I said, it's like when it comes to like anime films, like yeah, there's very few that stand out to mind. Like to me, I just like Studio Ghibli. Y'all, like for me, when it comes to different animes, like I do like the films that they make with the characters. Like you know, the of course you had the Dragon Ball films, you know, they're derived from the main series, and of course when they decided to do Dragon Ball Super, they announced that Dragon Ball Super Broly was gonna be was part of canon, which introduced the character Broly into the canon. He wasn't just a character they just made just for the films, like before. But, under that, of course, you know, under that, like, Disney Plus is slowly catching up. I think today I was, like, watching Recess. <laughs> and it's like, I watched, I just finished the first season today. I just started the second season. I think, Biko, you were walking and I was watching through it. And um, I didn't realize it now, back then. It was like adult jokes in that show. Even though it's supposed to be it was for kids, there was a lot of adult humor and and just to see like a problem that adults have and the problems that adults have from a kid's perspective. Like the last episode we saw right now called Economics or Recess, the last segment when like TJ with the stickers. Uh, how, you know, money was like the currency for everything that TJ said, you know, he needed to get rich, you know, kind of shows how, it, you know, he was kind of off the middleman and everything. Hey, I'll pay you this many stickers to do this simple task. I'll get a certain piece of the cut. Because, <laughs> you know, it, like, it's, like, interesting. The only thing I had that didn't sound when it comes to binge on Disney Plus is after you finish, like, one season, you have to go back, click on the show again, and start the new season. So what happens is it doesn't, like, transition to the following season. It's something that Disney Plus needs to work on because they need to fix that so that you can go on to the next season because after, like, they finished the first season of Recess and I'm suggesting, like, Emperor's New School. So I had to go back to my watchers, click on Recess to start season two. Um, other than that, I mean, any other shows you're watching right now, Biko? Um, just The Mandalorian. Uh, I haven't really watched any shows. I've just been going back watching old shit on Disney Plus. Like, I watched... Johnny Tsunami last thing. <laughs> Johnny Tsunami. It's such a great movie. It holds up, so it's not as funny. It does not hold up at all. <laughs> it, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It, it, it reminds me exactly what I watched. Uh, it's only Shang Tsung, sort of. But uh, it's cool. I like. I really like watching it. It's still. It's all right. It's an easy movie to watch and let go, and it goes by fast. Now, you know, little things that you can notice. You can pick up when you're older. But no, it was a pretty harmless movie pretty easy kid holds up kid is Johnny Snow is the most patient kid ever when it comes to moving from Hawaii to Vermont are you serious really so patient yeah just like oh yeah I guess I'll make the best of it he could have easily been a dick no the kids are dick dick to him it's definitely karate kid style feels when it comes to him and the funny thing is that Johnny Snow is actually not the kid it's the grandpa it's the grandpa yeah grandpa was like that's a surfer name to me that was weird but it's cool seeing you know the grandpa is actually played by the actor who played Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat. It was, it was like, seeing him. It was a good show. I mean, it, it was a good movie. movie. I think they got the sequel as well on there, too. So, they actually bring back, like, the same actor yeah. for Brandon Baker. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot they made a sequel. I didn't want, I'm not going to bother watching it. Yeah, I remember seeing that sequel when it was on TV, and I didn't, like, catch, didn't catch it too much, my attention of it. I always saw, like, clips of it, but to me, it was one of those, like, too little, too late. If they would have kept like they did with the Xenon sequels, you know, they kept, you know, a year or two after each one. But at least they kept, you know, the same main actress for all three films. So it's like, yeah. It's like the thing with movie sequels. It's like, <laughs> you got to, like, as soon as you finish the first one, the first one starts well, you got to start working on the second one, you know? Yeah. Because if you wait too long, then, you know, it kind of, like, takes away the audience's attention, you know, the fandom attention right away. But of course, we're now we're used to with the Marvel films. You know, we used to wait like a year or two after the sequel, after the, the film. So it's like something we already know who's going to be in it and stuff. And it's like the only thing we have to wait and see like who else is getting added to the mix. Um, other than that, of course, the two I'm looking on YouTube right now. They're doing like uh, the guys from Game Theory, Markiplier, a lot of YouTubers right now doing like a streaming for charity right now. 
for cancer research and stuff. So that's kind of cool. They're, 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 I just saw right now on YouTube they're doing like a uh, live streaming and stuff for the St. Jude for Children's Hospital for pediatric cancer. So that's really cool. They're doing that right now. And then, um, of course, we're coming up on Christmas soon, like in a few weeks. So I can't wait for that. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on with Christmas. Um, like I said, we got Star Wars coming out in a few weeks. Can't wait for that. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm thinking too. I'm like, I know we're playing. I do want to do another like, um, another like commentary view. I mean, I know we did Super Mario Brothers. But I don't know if there's a film Biko, that you had in mind that we should do like a like you know a commentary on, like do an episode where we're watching the film and doing commentary on it. Oh, I have no idea. Not right now at the moment. It could be another terrible film. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't thought of anything like that in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be another. I mean, it could be even another video game movie. I don't care. There's tons to pick. Oh yeah, I do. I do have a good selection of video game films. I know. Um, I do have in the name of the King, a Dungeon Siege Tale, which you could see something out of those. Jason Statham was in it. Ron Perlman was in it. It was an interesting film. I mean, it was one of those things I came across it one time, and it's like, oh, I and Dungeon Siege is like a PC game, so it was based off a PC game, but it's like, I think it didn't get that much attention in theaters, and you know. It's, even though they had like a good set amount of cast for that film, it was it wasn't well received. I mean, that's something we can like plan on doing, um, something like that. Um, other than that, I mean, if you want, if you want, if you want to take a look at the Black Widow trailer, <laughs> hmm? I mean, they have it right now on YouTube. I don't, don't want to look at it because then I'm just gonna just gonna ruin it for me. But I just, like I said, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't ever really looking forward to the show coming out. So like. I I much much rather or the yeah movie I'm sorry I just much rather it being a show, yeah, I think it just works so much better being a show. Uh, it's just be, it being a standalone movie. It's gonna be like uh, I don't know. I just don't want it to be like the same thing Black Panther was. Because mm-hmm. after rewatching Black Panther, it seems the same. Like a lot of different things I didn't like, but it's for another time. Yeah. It's just one of those things that uh, it's still gonna work for Marvel, so it, it, I don't. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it's gonna be a decent movie. It won't be terrible, but it's not something. I just feel like it's a little, a little too late to give mm-hmm. her an origin movie when she's been in all these movies. I feel like the character has kind of been liked upon, even if we didn't get an origin movie. Like it's kind of given, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And the only thing, too, I just looked right now on, I didn't hate my attention back to video game news. Um, apparently, um, they leaked, I guess it was leaked on a PlayStation Network that they are, that um, Capcom is remaking Resident Evil 3. Mm. Of course, you know, the, how well the remake of Resident Evil 2 was well received. Looks like there's some early like, screenshots of the remake for, um, for much I call it, for Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. So there are some screenshots for it that are remaking it as well in the same style they did with the Resident Evil Two. Um, I wasn't, I'm not into the Resident Evil series, but I'm pretty much, I'm, I am aware of the video game series in general. Uh, if you're into survivor horror, I you know, I seen like gameplay video of the remakes. It looks pretty well. Well done. It looks like the next one they are they are make, to me it looks like they are remaking the series. I think that, I don't know if they're gonna keep, they're just gonna remake the phones that were on P on PlayStation. I'm assuming that's what they're gonna go for. I doubt they're gonna remake Resident Evil Four. Oh yeah. Because I mean, it's already available. You can play Resident Evil Four on PS4 right now, like the remastered version. So I mean, it's not. I don't think to me. I think they're probably gonna stop with three. I mean, they already got PlayStation Four remastered version, the uh, Resident Evil Four remastered five, and all that stuff. So I'm thinking this could be the last remake they're doing, probably for the next gen, this current generation of consoles. Because as um you know Microsoft's gone, going for Scarlet Project Scarlet and of course Sony focusing on the PlayStation Five. I mean they already are shot like there's pictures taken of the dev kits, and people were bashing on the dev kits for the PS Five. I saw it on Reddit and people were like bashing like oh here like someone took a shot like oh, here's the dev kits of the PlayStation Five dev kits. People don't realize it's not what the console is going to look like. People don't realize when these video game companies like these develop these developers, they get sent the kits. So they can, like, when they make the games, they can run it on the system to see if it makes up the calibrations, you know. Someone just showed, like, I think it was the other day on Reddit, they showed, like, 
the dev kit for the PlayStation 4. And how different it was to the PlayStation 4 here. So it's not like the finalized uh, design. It's more like, you know, just to give an idea of what the, the graphics and all that stuff is going to run on. Yeah. So that's why, you know, it kind of irritates me that, you know, how they, you know, jump to conclusions like, oh, it looks ugly or blah, blah, blah. But people are, it's a development kit. It's what the developers get when they're developing the games for the system. They all get it. They all have to use the same tools. But like I said, I'm probably going to hold off on PlayStation 5 because I'm going to PlayStation 4 is going to get support for the next two years. So I'm not like rushing to get a PlayStation 5. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's, we're due for another new console, but like, yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to see another console wars again and these things be competitive for the new generation. But I think we're also really good with our current gen being so loaded with different capabilities and these um the software stores upgrading their games constantly and having new offers it just it breathes new life and capability to your system so like yeah it's, it's welcomed but at the same time i don't know if we're i don't know if we are necessarily needing it but it's also part of the, the way technology is going yeah because i've seen a lot of people like pc gaming and I'm, i never got into pc gaming so of course, there's like servers like Steam, and of course, um, Google has their own thing called Stadia, which, you know, okay. Yeah. I think to me, that's like their little late entry to the game market, and right now, I've been reading right now, Nintendo's Switch is like the best, and like the highest selling thing for Black Friday was like the highlight of Black Friday was Nintendo Switch was selling. Um, I was like, Nintendo, to me, it's like, I don't see them anytime folding soon, because they got so much of a dedicated fan base, and they've been around for years. Which, to me, they... They know how to, to me. They know how to cater to the customer. They know how to cater to the consumer because they've been around for such a long time. You know, you know, Nintendo been around since you know the late you know, you know, eighteen hundreds. They were known as as a Hanafudu making um, trading card company. Mm. They made Hanafudu cards with like playing cards, and then they became like in the nineteen hundreds. They became like a conglomerate. They started you know you know making appliances and they had toys. You know they were a conglomerate. They were making like business needs like stuff that people used. And eventually, they, they later on in the late 70s, early 80s, decided to go into the video game market. So, uh, to me, I don't see that company ever folding in the console wars. But it's like, and, you know, my, Sony's still out there, you know, and Microsoft, you know, they're known for their software capabilities. You know, they started building software when they're in the PA's and PC. And, then, you know, people didn't, you know, a lot of people thought the Xbox was going to fail. But look at them now. They're already at Xbox One. They're already work, working on Project Scarlet. Um, like I said, Nintendo's thing in there, but what's cool about Nintendo is their ability to, like, stretch out to other platforms, not just their own, but, you know, you know, letting their license goes with other companies, our developers, like, you know, <coughs> like the Pokemon Go series, and, and also, um, they just released Mario Kart World on mobile phones, so they're willing to expand, like, their characters to other companies, giving mm -hmm. them, like, a shot at, you know, taking the characters they helped develop over the years, and, Say, here, use our characters, go with it. Which is about time, dude, seriously. I mean, to me, it's going to get to the point that, you know, then you got Oculus Rift, and it's like, like, virtual reality, I remember back in the day, wasn't the big thing. But now it's like, it's getting big because you got the Oculus Rift, you know, PlayStation VR, it's like, and of course, Nintendo with the Nintendo Lambo, that thing where, you know... You do stuff with it and everything, um, but VR. I mean, the only time I saw VR and topic again was like I was watching Sword Art Online, and you know, they show like the dangers of virtual reality. To the, like, it shows like what the next generation is going to be. Like, we're sitting in our bed, putting a headset on, and pretty much our brain's going to do a movie for our avatar. No, we're doing that now, and that's happening now. But the difference with the Oculus Rift right now, you have to be standing. There's some games you requires you to be up and moving around, which to me, kind of like for a fact, that's kind of cool. Because then yeah, you're actually moving around, you're moving your arms and stuff, you're actually off your feet. Yeah. And of course, Nintendo did that well, you know, with the Wii Fit and everything, and the Nintendo Wii. So, and that concept as well, too, like the Switch with the Joy-Cons, making the motion sensitive. I know they're actually developing, uh, like, a fitness game as well for the for the Switch. Yeah. I forgot what it's called. It's like a, it's like with rings or something, but you have to move around, with, you know, with the thing. I saw, like, a video on it, um... But, like I said, you know, PlayStation being around for 25 years, like, the game, the first console was 25 years old. 
but Sony in general they're always evolving when it comes to gaming. And nowadays, now we're getting the whole cross platform play, so players get to play with other players from a different console. To me, it's going to get to the point that they should just make all multiplayer games cross platform, cross play. Just to see, like, who's better at playing, you know, the game depending on the console, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're not losing out, you know, you're not losing out of the business and pretty much, you know, gives everyone else a chance to play. Because, say, your friend, say you got the same game and. Your friend has an Xbox, and you got a PlayStation 4. And be able to play with each other or against each other in the same game, that's going to be kind of cool. Because then you guys be able to enjoy each other. You know, enjoy playing with each other, you know, enjoy having fun. But of course, you know, there's downside, you know, gaming. Like Sony, you know, they were like the big advocate of it. Of course, Nintendo Microsoft jumped on the gun like, hey, you know, let's do it with like Minecraft and some other games. As well, but now it's like Sony is slowly, you know, starting to appeal to. I mean, and also too, you got a big gaming market, the PC market, you know, with Steam, as well. It's just you know, I mean, people will have the preferences. Same thing with like televisions or appliances or even cars. People will have certain tastes and preferences. We're pretty much using the same type of thing. Yeah. So it's it's not choice. Like this holiday season to me, it's like. Honestly, there's nothing that I want for Christmas. You know, I prefer myself giving gifts to people, you know? Like, I don't want gifts in return. You know, if you want to give me a gift, yeah, it's fine. But I'm to the point it's like I really don't see anything that catches my eye that I want for the holidays. It's like, it's working your kid, yeah, it's kind of cool. Because your kids like to make the list. So to me, it's like, it's more to me like the holidays are more for like the kids. When I take my thing of the holidays, it's pretty much being together with your family. I, yeah. I, I take that aspect. That's like Charlie Brown, you know? I like Charlie Brown, you know? I want Christmas is all about being together with family and friends. Yeah. You know? And, you know, like I said, Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, it's, that's be too commercial and everything. That's what it is. Holidays are like becoming a commercial thing. It's becoming that way as well. And so it's kind of like all these holidays are becoming more of a commercial-centric, you know, time of year. And they take away from the message of just being together with your family. Um, and apparently, you know, I guess, oh, so if we were like, we just passed Thanksgiving, there's one thing I forgot to mention. You know how they show like the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special? Mm-hmm. It's like, people don't forget, they always keep forgetting about it. It's like, and I remember seeing, because of course it's being used like in memes or on thing of the course, you know, that one... You know, they had the big Thanksgiving meal and they have Franklin, who's the only African-American character on Peanuts... He's shown on one side of the table and everybody else is on the other side. And people are taking that as racism. But I'm like, this film was like, this thing was animated in the 1970s. I mean, Charles Schultz probably had no input on the animation. He probably looked at the storyboards. Well, he probably wasn't a fan of it. I don't think Charles Schultz was any fan of the animated works. And of course, you know, it showed, you know, when Snoopy, there's another one too, they point out that, that what sucks is a carnivore because he, it's a cannibal because he ate a turkey. <laughs> he's a bird and he's ate a turkey. I was like, it's funny how they're saying stuff like this now and versus what it was shown back then. It's just kind of funny, like, seeing that, you know. It's like, if you remember watching, like, the old, like, Looney Tunes cartoons and all that stuff, that's why it's hard to see those being shown in syndication. But due to the like the, the the humor and you know how it was portrayed back then, because those cartoons were shown were created in the nineteen early thirties or early forties and the fifties, and of course people's mindsets back then were different than they are now. I mean, it's twenty nineteen; you can't really do much anymore without you know offending somebody. Um, that's why it was interesting when when Disney Plus with Dumbo because you know because you know the crows. I kind of like for a fact they put a message in there saying that when this film's being shown that what was originally depicted, this doesn't affect the time, the company now, but we can't hide from the fact that this thing actually happened. It's like when you when the whole Warner Bros. cartoons, like, you know, they had, you know, racism and, you know, stereotypical stereotypes, animated stereotypes of certain ethnicities. But I like for the fact that they had that in the DVD, they had like an instruction about what we go over, interesting, hey, we got to show these films because if we don't show them, it's just hiding for the fact that this happened and not showing it. It's like kind of hiding history. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I wanted to bring up because that's one of the things that caught my attention during Thanksgiving weekend. And it was like, you know, the, the, the holiday special, <laughs> the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. I'm like, I've always seen it a handful of times. And, you know, I looked at it as a cartoon. 
And to me, people taking that little scene like seriously, like I mean, come on, it's a film, it's a cartoon. Who knows? Not everybody that worked on that cartoon, you know, is racist. They're very for sure a few people, but to me, it's like it's a cartoon. Don't take it seriously. It's the peanuts, you know. Knowing for a fact they actually had Franklin there was actually cool. They try to keep the cast diverse, you know. But it's like it's a cartoon, guys. You take it so seriously, it's like um, I understand. I totally understand for the fact, you know. Actually, that happened, but it's like, that special was done so many years ago. And of course, you know, CBS has an obligation of showing it year after year after year. But, you know, uh, same thing, you know, like the old Mickey Mouse cartoons or like the old you know, Looney Tunes cartoons, same thing. It's like the same thing, or Tom and Jerry. You know, these cartoons happen. It's almost like I said, it was like 40s, 50s, you know, or like Scooby-Doo. I mean, think it's like the times are different. Like as involve, you know, a lot of things change. Um, like to me, like there's any, like for now, like I'm right, right now. I'm watching King of Hill. <laughs> I've been watching King of Hill recently, and I've been watching on Hulu. And you know, it's still funny. It still holds up. You know, most of the people that wrote that show went out to write The Office or Parks and Rec. You know, Greg Daniels and went on to develop The Office and you know, developed Parks and Rec. And, um, you know, humor changes over time. And, you know, I still fan, I'm still a fan of Peanuts, you know, regardless of how they specials they had. I'm still a fan of them. Same thing with the Looney Tunes, um, the old Mickey Mouse cartoons. Hopefully they'll put the rest of them on Disney+. Plus. Um, of course, like, anime itself gets, like, you know, people don't realize when it comes to anime, you know... Like, of course, you know, American animators so make fun of, like, the Japanese, but the same thing in anime, too. They always have, like, I like when they have, like, character, foreign characters be depicted in anime. It's kind of cool, too. It's like, hey, they have humor as well, not just us. Because when they show, like, yo, Americans on, like, certain, like, anime, their English is so, like, <laughs> freaking weird, but it's kind of hilarious. And, but they'll have, like, characters who are, like, Russian. They'll actually get, like, Russian actors, to do like the native language parts. But when they do English, it's kind of like, kind of like hilarious when they do English, but it's like, it's uh, just picture us trying to learn a language. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, I mean, that's something I just, you know, they got, I got sidetracked right now with that. But other than that, um, um, Beagle, you have anything else to add? I know it's probably gonna be like a short episode. Uh, no, I'm just gonna keep look, watching Mandalorian and wait for Star Wars impatiently because we have 17 more days until Star Wars that's all I'm gonna watch really I've just been watching that or the older saga movies I'm almost done oh yeah I started watching Clone Wars too so, so I was... just like yeah, I'm just gonna watch Star Wars for the rest of the time and <laughs> soak up Disney Plus until I get sick of it so why do you think of Phantom Menace now after I'm watching oh it's still bad it's it doesn't hold up it's just not good I wish they did better, but we can't have Especially in the Star Wars world. Yeah, I started watching, like, I started watching, like, The Clone Wars. So, like I said, I'm still watching the film because um, they posted online. IGN posted online, like, how's, how to watch The Clone Wars, like, the series. So, I guess um, it, the series was, like, an ethology type series. So, it was different stories. But if you, I guess they have a chronological because it shows, like, Anakin and Obi-Wan in a certain place. And the different episodes take place in the same area. But different points of time. So the IGN posted a listing how to watch it. To get the whole timeline of the Clone Wars. Because even though they did announce that they are working on another season for Disney Plus. so the, Which is going to be kind of cool. So I think they're bringing back the same writing staff and the same animation staff. So they were currently working on it. And they're bringing the same voice cast from the, from the Clone Wars TV series. So we can't wait for that. I think they're trying to do that to bridge the gap, to dwell deep into the rest of the Clone Wars, eventually leading to Episode 3. I think that's what they're doing. They're probably slowly building it up to the point where, you know, they start to lead to that one space. Because remember Episode 3, it starts off with them fighting. They're in a space battle. So I wonder if that's what's going to end up happening once they do in our season of Clone Wars. It's going to lead up to that point. And to that point in time where, you know... They're, you know, whatchamacallit, they're fighting, you know, they're about to evade that ship that like Count Dooku was on. So, can't wait for that. Like I said, I'm going to watch that, um, jump into Rebels. 
because of course Rebel takes place between three, um, three and four. Because like, you got Freddie Prince Jr. in that show. I didn't realize he was in Rebels, and some other actors and actresses that were in that show that I didn't realize they were they voice acted other other shows as well. So that's another thing too, um, because I think one of the characters in Rebel is she's a Mandalorian, so she has the same helmet and everything, so it's different. But I think. A lot of people are like comparing that to like the fit of the show right now because of the how come that that character she takes off her helmet most of the time. So it's like it depends. I guess it's like depends how it is in the culture. Which is a different interpretation of the whole Mandalorian culture to me is still foreign to me. So that's why I'm learning about the Mandalorians as I've watched the show itself. <laughs> the Mandalorian. So and there's another thing I wanted to point out too that was on Reddit that someone's saying that's not a Western. <laughs> And to me, it's it is a western. I mean, it's inspiration for the old western films, and also kind of like uh, also from the Japanese samurai movies as well. Because you know, Mandalorian's like a Ronin; he has no master because he went up against the guild, so he has no one. Uh, and it gets funny because someone got called out by one of the producer, one of the people that work on the show, and the guy like pretty much called him out saying, "It is a western. It's not only a western." So don't say it's not a Western. <laughs> it's not only a Western. It's also they get their inspiration from the Samurai Award. Because if you think about George Lucas guy's inspiration for Star Wars by watching Westerns. But also watching the old Japanese Samurai films. Because it's all about, you know, warring factions. So, um, like I said, we're just going to cut this episode short. You know, it's kind of short as usual. Uh, we'll come back next week with something new, something different. Uh, maybe we'll do another... Um, I know we were, I, I was talking to Biko, uh, we were thinking about doing like another like top five list of the decade, you know, so you get some moments from the decade, so we're about to end, this is the last month for 2019, we're going to head to a new decade, you know, 2020, um, I mean, we might do something, you know, from 2010 to 2019, you know, do like top five moments from those years, mm-hmm. so that's something we're working on, like I said, we're going to plan on doing another, um, commentary film on a video game film so if you guys have any suggestions feel free to tweet us on our or you know go to our facebook pages um facebook.com just go to facebook.com look for talking pop at the five jacks vehicle facebook page and just post on there your suggestions for like a video game movie you want us to do commentary for or any film you want us to do commentary film for an episode um i might return with um some more like in-depth anime reviews so I did like a little mini, you know, franchise goes anime type of thing. Uh, we are going to probably do a review of Star Wars: The Last uh, the Rise of Skywalker once we go see the film. We're going to try to make it out to go see it this month when it comes out and do like a review of that. And like I said, probably do like a countdown, you know, do like like I said, top five of stuff in the decade of pop culture, like top five pop, pop culture moments in the decade, like that. More like like I said, we're planning to do this every week, like new stuff. So like I said, this is this is a short episode, so. I said, you know, we got a lot of things to do. Um, my shift right now, I'm working nights right now, so it's like a big transition for me for the next few weeks. So we'll try to get a bad, do our best to get you guys episodes every week. Don't forget to check out our backlog episodes on Anchor, Spotify, um, Google Play, Google Play, Podcast, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. Um, you can follow me at Twitter at the franchise eighty five. You want to t- tweet me questions or like suggestions, you know, for topics you want me and Beagle to discuss. Uh, like I said, like I said, check out our Facebook page. You just go to Facebook.com, search for Talking Pop with the franchise and Pico, and post something there for us to look at. Um, I usually post the links to the episodes that we get uploaded. Um, we also have a Teespring store. Um, go to Teespring.com um, slash store slash Talking Dash Pop. We got like T-shirts, we got merchandise, and pretty much anybody, any merchandise you can order goes towards supporting this podcast. Like I said, um... The guys, we do it every week. Um, we try to do our best to do it every week and talk about stuff in pop culture because it's been a big thing of our lives. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Um, any closing messages, Biko? Um, no, just watch Star Wars. Continue to support and listen to the podcast. And uh, uh, fuck SpongeBob. Yeah, that's about it. You the SpongeBob, man. We have to devise. We have to devise your hatred. We have to do. A, we're gonna have to do a SpongeBob so episode, centric episode, just to show your disdain for the character. Same message doesn't matter. It doesn't change. It's still the same. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, that's it for talking pop with the podcast. Be as always. Geek on and take care.
Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise and Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers, so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care.